This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's Clinton Jones, he's back with us for another show It's Ren Whiteman, he's back with us for another show Yeah And you've got me, Jake, with you guys again for another show And we may have Christian comment from time to time But he doesn't have a video, so don't ask why you don't see him. (laughs) All right. Guys. Woo-wee, son. Welcome back. How's it going, guys? Clint, how you doing? Oh, man. How you feeling? I'm tired. I am tired. Why are you tired? Why are you beat up? Did you get jumped in an alley? (laughs) No, not quite. Not quite. Not again? Um, Okay. (laughs) No, I've been been waking up super early. I'm on a really early schedule, and... um, at 5 it's been club. good. Yeah, yeah, it's been good. Are you actually um, legit getting up at 5 a.m.? 5.45. We <laughs> get started at 6. What are you doing? Um, the first 20 minutes is a workout, so you got to get a sweat on. The second oh, 20 right minutes your, is... You, like, roll out of your bed at 5.45, and it's just, like, right into sit-ups? <laughs> like, that's it? Not quite. At 6.05 in one second, you move on to the next thing? <laughs> no, no, so 5.45... No, you start at 6. Yeah, yeah, 15 minutes to wake up and get ready for the workout. Okay. Exactly. So I wake up and then like... Um, I like that. Basically just... just like, <laughs> <laughs> that's what my dad said. I was telling him about bed. it. <laughs> yeah, he's like, he's like, you know, you know, as in, he's like in the Batman comic books, you get out of bed and just do push-ups like immediately. Mm. I was like, I'm not at that level yet. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. yeah, I started with 20 minutes of a workout and then um, it's another 20 minutes of just like uh, either like meditation or yoga or like scheduling your day. So just journaling about yesterday and what you yeah. want to do today. Yeah. And then the last 20 minutes is learning something. So I've been reading uh, this rich dad, poor dad book and trying to figure out finances and you know, that, that difficult, difficult topic of finances. What's there to figure out? You just go out to your tree where the money grows on and you just pluck the dollar bills off and continue <laughs> your day. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> I wish. So you know, okay. I also got up at six a.m. today. Did you? By choice? No. So <laughs> <laughs> let's let's jump in for a little bit of story time, real quick. So my wife Jenna is a nurse, and yeah. she leaves the house at six a.m. I didn't realize all that this morning. So at six a.m., I hear the door close, like very distinct door closing in the other room and i'm immediately i was like 
Yeah. Instantly awake. Jenna's next to me here. And I'm like, all right, Jenna's there. The dogs are in here. Someone is in our house. And I immediately oh. sit up and I'm like, Jenna, wake up, wake up. She's not waking up. I'm like, what? We're about to get murdered in our own house. And that's when I realized she had put like pillows and stuff underneath the covers. <laughs> so it looked like she was still in bed and fooled me for <laughs> several seconds. I, I figured it out pretty quickly, but it was still like I was awake. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> like adrenaline rushing through my body at six in the morning. And she had no idea because she's like, oh, I'm going to work to, you know, heal people. So she was probably <laughs> trying to do something nice to be like, oh, Ren's so sound asleep. I'll put these pillows here and it'll make him feel still feel like I'm there. I don't think she intended any of that. I because oh, okay. she likes to put like pillows between her legs for her hips or whatever. Yeah. I don't know, yeah, girl stuff, right? And but <laughs> I think she had enough pillows that like I I was literally full because I remember looking at her. It was still kind of dark at six a.m. I remember looking at where she would be in the bed and I was like, "That's a body. There's a person there. Don't even think about it. She's still yeah. here. Who's oh, in yeah, our that's house?" So scary. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's so sketchy. That's oh, dude. I mean, I, I did get you with those uh, with those hard drives when I pretended to drop all those hard drives and I had you for like a solid like 20 seconds and you had to sit down on the couch and like oh my God, recover. That's right. So that that's in an upcoming crew video where we're actually redoing some old uh, VFX or maybe by this point this video is out. I don't know when this podcast is dropping, but yeah. it involved us going through a bunch of old hard drives and these are like the archive like we had to take them out of the ground with a little toothbrush and yeah. wipe off all the extra Make, you know, we spent the, we spent the, the last zeros. hour pulling them out and, tr- and plugging them in and figuring out which ones we needed and we had to assemble like six of them to get because it was on raid six and, and we so had to Clint, assemble Wait, yeah really? you're, you're like i got yeah. all of these hard drives these are the ones we need for this project and you took a step and then tripped, and all of the hard drives <laughs> flew out of your hand and <laughs> clashed on the ground. And I was like, ah, no! And you're like, oh, no, what have I done? And I was like, this is it. We have just lost years' worth of information. And then Clint, you're like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> he just looked at me. And I was like, oh, you sort of. Uh. What did and you I just guys- sat down, and I had to, like, I had to gather myself because you got me. You got me good. What did you guys have to do that for? We were trying to, well, for a crew video, we're trying to redo, we're trying to remaster some of the old oh, um, the corridor videos. Yeah, yeah, the glitch. Yeah. So we had to find the original footage and we were trying to find the actual project files with the VFX on it. Right. Um, okay. And we thought we were onto it. Like we were, we were an hour into this like case. We were solving yeah. this case. It was, yeah. it was like national treasure. Yeah. And um, we had to pull all six drives because it was on raid six. And eventually we found we found them all. And as we were plugging them in, that's what I, I, I like just got empty cases and I just yeah. switched them out. And <laughs> oh, yeah. That important note. There were no hard drives inside these cases. They resemble uh, the cases resemble like uh, what do you call those? Those lighters, the Zippo lighter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where it's like the whole top just kind of like rotates open. Yeah. And then yeah. you put the hard drive in. But we had all these cases because we had been taking all the hard drives out of them. And I thought he had already put them all back in. Uh, yeah. So I recently learned that if you just let hard drives sit, sometimes they will naturally lose data. Uh, yeah. Like if they're traditional disk drives. Mm-hmm. Um, Shoot. Yeah. So we, I, I, I literally just learned this like a month ago. And so now I'm like, oh, God, because our entire archive from like 2015 before is sitting is gone. on. No, it's not gone. <laughs> yeah, it is, Jake. 
Wait, what? Really? Are you kind breaking of, news to of. me? Huge oh. asterisk. It is oh. kind of not gone. <laughs> I mean, we have the videos. Kind of uh, not the gone. project files aren't that important. It's all about the final like high resolution. There were a couple hard have. drives that straight up didn't work. Is there raw footage? No. Yeah. No, no, oh, yes, yes. For glitch. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. There's raw footage. There is okay. raw footage. But it's that, like, and I knew going into this, I was like, I'm pretty sure none of these project files still exist for this project. And I'm like, oh, let's go yeah. find them. Open up the VFX folder. Empty. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing. I remember we deleted those, I think. I remember. <laughs> um, okay. But the, the, I think the, the final thing we did was like, we'll save the high res render and we'll save the YouTube render and then we'll save the raw footage. I think that's, that's what we ended up agreeing on for a lot of those projects. Which I don't really know why. I, I don't know why either. It's like, I guess we can do all the work and recreate it if we want. No, there's no way. I, I, never. I don't Unless, know. I mean, hey, that's what we're doing, I guess. For that's video. exactly what we're doing right now. We're trying. The idea is that we were going to open up the original After Effects file and load it up onto an old computer and the brand new computer, which this video is about. And see like how fast each video renders that same project file. But there was no After Effects file. There was no, no. there was no files. Period. Uh, okay. Effects files. There okay. were the there was the original footage, and so through that we were able to like get the original shot. That uh, so Peter's been working on that shot. Um, so I think what we need to do eventually, maybe next year, is put that on a tape drive. I think that's if it's not in progress. I think it's been brought up. Yeah, we brought they brought it up. It's just it's a little it's a little cost prohibitive right now. Mm. Like it's kind of worth more than it costs more than it's really worth, but right. I know like, every time I talk to Spencer, he's like, "Oh, yeah, tape drives." We're like right tape drives. I'd say we're like <laughs> we're like six to eighteen months away from from what, that. What being, about being SSDs? Are SSDs just gonna like? Basically so all hard drives do have a lifespan where after a certain amount of time, just like the, the actual like atoms themselves lose integrity. Yeah. And like, I, I don't, I don't know exactly how it stores these bits and bytes, but Nico is describing it as for the, for the tape, not the tape drives, the disc drives, you know, like the 5,400 and the 7,200 RPM drives. Mm-hmm. One of these drives. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just happen to have one sitting here. Um, <laughs> They over time, uh, the magnetic uh, discs inside, uh, because it's only a zero or a one. Sometimes they can flip polarity. I, I'm sure I'm getting some of this wrong, but the idea is that like if over time some of those bits flip, and usually if it's just one byte here or there, it doesn't really impact the overall file because there's like literally millions of zeros or ones within a specific file, mm-hmm. and getting a couple of them mixed up doesn't really impact it but over a long enough period of time you have enough of those flips happening that more and more of those files become corrupted because they don't read as they initially did and so that's how these drives end up dying over time is that just given a long enough period of time you open it up and it's like yeah the disk reads but all the files are corrupt right yeah do you have any concerns about that happening like to a greater level with with like respect to like information right now no, I think there's a big enough uh, effort towards information preservation, and yeah. there's constantly backups of pretty much everything out there just around. I want to do a video at some point about just how much information is on Earth. Oh, that'd be good. Yeah, I think that's like, like library that's a prime books. me video. Yeah, like stacked library books or something. Sure, library, totally. Wren's <laughs> Library of Alexandria. Well, it's because it's like every year 
most of the information that exists in the world was basically created that year. Rinse and repeat the year after that and the year after that. And it's, it's like, it's crazy how much information is constantly being generated. But so to answer your question, there are people who are working on long-term storage solutions. And I'm not talking like a hundred years. I'm talking like thousands of years. They've got like special crystals. years. Yeah, like they're coming up with ways to like even DVDs or Blu-rays do kind of uh, not decompose, but they break down over time. So even yeah. like hard disks uh, are not dependable for periods longer than like 100 years. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, even books, you know, like books, it's hard to find a book burn. that's older than like 300 years old. Yeah, I, you know, like to find a 300 year old book is honestly pretty, pretty common. But like an 800 year old book, not that common because those are in museums and yeah. no one's allowed to touch them. Right. I actually I, I remember any time I'm in a no, not any time I'm in a library, but I have been in libraries before where I just go and my task is to find the oldest book I can. And Same. there's little sections in the library. It's like, oh, you can the, smell like, it. Antique it smells ones. like antique oh, book. Dude. And Dude. you start pulling out random books, you're like, oh, 1872. Sweet. Put it back in. Oh, 1804. Oh, my God. What? <laughs> yeah. Dude, I went to law school, and the, oh. the, the, <laughs> the amount of old yep. books in those libraries. I, I, think I've said, I think I've told this story somewhere before. Maybe it wasn't on camera, but uh, one time I was studying for the bar exam, and uh, I used to just take breaks like every couple of hours to like reset my brain. Mm-hmm. So I was just walking through the um, one of the sections uh, and uh, it was a criminal law section. And I <clears throat> and I came across these books that and I noticed there was something weird about the font. The, and there was like this weird S. It looked like an S on the uh, on the book cover, you know, facing out. Yeah, I was like, what is this? Yeah. And I op- I pulled it out and I realized that it was like uh 1800 uh year 1800, you know, so like 200 years old, uh reprint of uh English common Yeah, a reprint of English common laws from like the 12th and 13th century. Wow. Uh and, and so it had the it wasn't an S, it was an F. Or vice versa. You know how oh. medieval, you know how uh, middle Middle English Fs uh, look like S's, or I mean, maybe it's vice versa. I guess I honestly don't it, really specifically remember, but it. I do. Yeah. I, yeah, I'll take your word for here, it. Here, let me let me just like I, I do know that like like old English has like weird characters old that English kind of evolved over time. Wasn't there also something where it's like some characters used to actually be two different characters and they got merged over time? Or vice yeah, versa, like yeah. old characters actually ended up having to become two different characters. W. Why is w- it called w-, w? Why is it called W? Because it's, it's W. W. Yeah, and I think French W. Yeah, it's double V. Double, double V. Well, the V and U used to be the same letter in in Latin. Oh, well, okay. Case in point. Yeah. Um, so, anyways, I open up these books and. Uh, I start reading through them and I, and I can like barely read it because I don't know if it, it, I don't know if you guys have ever read old English, but it's Dude. almost like, well, Ren, you have you, did you live in Germany? Ren? Norway. Okay. Well in Germany and in Norway, I think a little bit, but especially in German, it's so close to English in not in, not in it's like written origin, but in it's spoken origin 
that if you if you read German, a lot of it, if you read it phonetically, if you just like you don't understand what it means, but you just literally say what you think it sounds like, mm-hmm. it will sound like words in English, and a lot of times that's actually what it is. Because German well, and English are similar in that way. Well, they're Germanic languages, right? Exactly. Yeah, they're Germanic languages. And so the older you get into English, the further it gets removed from like modern English and the more and closer Germanic to German it, it gets. Yes. And the more <laughs> Germanic it becomes. So you're literally well, like reading words that are spelled completely differently from from what they how they're spelled today, but they sound the same and those words are those words. They're just spelled totally differently. Well, and, dang, okay. Yeah, and you can start to see like how these languages like split and 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 divide and like kind of go with different peoples over time. It's it's crazy. That's one of the most fascinating things that I that I like was discovering when I was in law school because all these words go back to, you know, some other word. There's like Anglo-Norman, which is its own language, which is like a mix between English and French, and there's like Germanic, there's all these Germanic subtexts and like yeah, it's crazy. But anyway, old books, man. So that's how we got on this. But yeah, like I I just I sat there for like a almost an hour just like flipping through this book oh there was a code in there i i stumbled upon this code about uh uh well so the way they used to do edicts back in the day they would like make lines i declare yes yeah no like literally they 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 would like draw lines and then like write the code name and then in the next column like write what the law is and i came across this one that was about like the color purple because the color purple in England uh, used, to, used to be the royal color. You couldn't wear or display oh. the color purple unless you were, like, a member of the royal family. Okay. Um, and so it was, a, it was, like, some sort of edict on, like, the way in which, like, purple was to be displayed or not displayed. Man, they called dibs on a color? Oh, Dang. yeah. They called dibs on a color, for sure. That's yeah. nuts. Isn't also, that- Jake, it... It doesn't surprise me at all that you would procrastinate and take a break from studying for the bar exam <laughs> by reading old English books, ancient archived English books, as, as a break from studying law. Dude, I just get down on that stuff, man. I don't know. I, like, I just find it fascinating. It makes you feel like you haven't been on the earth for like, very long at all, you know? Totally. Like, it is fun to like connect the dots as far back as you can go. Because it's like, I exist I know yeah. that my dad exists right. and then his dad had a dad and right. then like he has stories about him and then it just goes all the way back and it's like, how far can you go, you right. know, and like trace that. I think it's something around 60 generations is how long it's been since the dawn of uh, the written word. Really? Yeah. That's it? Mm-hmm. That's I mean, crazy. think about it. Every, every person is roughly, you know, 30 to 100 years so 60 generations, that's several thousand that's years. nothing, though. When you talk about, like, the way that information gets transferred from one generation to the next, that's literally, like, baby, baby level. Well, it's, it's, yeah, it supports the argument that physically humans today are extremely similar to, they, to how they were thousands of years ago. Yeah. Well, that makes Man. even more sense, you know? But, like, it's, 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 it takes a lot longer of a time frame to change physiology you know, in terms of what you're born with than it does to change the language that you use. Yeah. Well, it only takes a few generations for 
for a lot of that information to evolve. It's like, I mean, it's like two, three generations, and that's more than, that's not even, it's before the Industrial Revolution. Yeah. <laughs> well, almost, yeah. I can, so I can trace my, on my dad's side, I can't do my, can't do this on my mom's side or my, my dad's mom's side, but on my dad's dad's side, we can trace that back nine generations. Whoa. That's awesome. Yeah, I know my mom or my grandma has been getting really into uh, genealogy and like tracing family history and all that stuff lately. Yeah, it's pretty the last, cool, like, man. Decade or so, like it, it's pretty cool. It gives you context for like everything, you know, and that's that's super important to remember. Like, it, you know, I feel like in today's world, you're always required to have an answer about something, or you're always required to like have a way of being about things and. You know, some, I think sometimes it's okay to just sit back and be like, look, like, you know, my family's only been in this country for a generation or two or nine or whatever, you know, like, I, maybe we don't know this or maybe, you know, or, or we've, I've only been speaking this language for three generations in my family. Like, I don't know what that word means. I don't know what this, and to, to just be okay with that, because that's how, how else do you get better? You know, you have to kind of like find a root, find it, find a, find a foundation somewhere and then build on it and build it and then pass it on to the next generation. Yeah. Yeah. I was actually, I was having this conversation with somebody that like, I think it was about VFX technology that or like filmmaking just in general, which I think this concept can apply to many things, but Mm -hmm. the idea of, people paving the way and yeah. filmmakers figuring things out at, like for themselves at the top of their game. Yeah. And then like people see that and then they take it and then they, they improve they upon it, iterate improve on it, upon it. Yeah, exactly. And then they come up with something Innovators. new because someone asked me like, how oh, do you think like these old filmmakers are like rolling over in their grave about like, I forget what it was. And I was like, no, probably not. They're probably like, Oh, that's cool. Like we paved the way for, all of this innovation to happen and stuff. Um, Christian, Christian type saving private Ryan in the chat. What was yeah, that? Is that that's what we the conversation came from. We were just like, Hey, there's Christian. Uh, hey, yeah, what's I'm, up Christian? Yeah. Just chiming in. That's where that conversation, we were in that conversation with, I think some of the black rifle guys and we were just like, wow, saving private Ryan really like set the tone. And then, you know, just the paving the way conversation kind of developed from there. Before Saving Private Ryan, was how, were there how many films were there that really kind of captured that sort of tone and like brutality? I mean, was that like kind of the first old war movies like old Braveheart. war movies? Um, I mean, I well, guess Saving Private Ryan was ninety seven. So yeah, but like Saving Private Ryan has like this grittiness to it that I feel like was kind of a first of its kind. Well, I'll tell you one thing that I know that's paved the way for us. It's today's sponsor, Storyblocks. Red knew I was going to do it. <laughs> it's today's sponsor, Storyblocks, guys. Let me tell you about them right Love now. Them. Hello, everyone. You might be wondering why I'm wrapped in this beautiful emergency green screen blanket. And the answer is simple, because today's podcast is sponsored by Storyblocks. They're the one-stop shop for all your video asset needs. So whether we need B-roll, After Effects templates, motion graphics, sound effects, or more... We go over to storyblocks.com 
and we get what we need over here at Corridor Digital. The best part about Storyblocks is that they have a virtually unlimited library of content, meaning that you can go on their site and you're never gonna use the same thing twice. With their unlimited all access plan, you guys can download as much content as you need, put it in your video, and then distribute that video wherever you need. So whether or not you're already a professional creator or you're just somebody looking to start out and improve your YouTube videos that you're just making for fun, Storyblocks is a great resource that we've been using for years. If you're interested, head on over to storyblocks.com slash corridorcast to get started. That's storyblocks.com slash corridorcast. And if you're super cool, consider taking my head from this green screen and putting me in Hawaii. I'll wait. Okay, just kidding. Back to the podcast. And we're back. Whew. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Um, so paving the way. Um, well, obviously that happened with digital tech, right? When we, when, when digital tech, digital cameras came out, you know, and people started picking them up, but they were all janky. They couldn't expose, you know, they had and low, was like super blown out. Yeah. There, there, there was that dynamic range was yeah, so low, no dynamic range. You're talking about like 720p. Dude, 720i, son. 720i. Yeah. Yeah. Interlaced. <laughs> um, and, you know, like, it, the, all of the people who picked those cameras up, whether they did it because they wanted to for artistic purposes or they did it because they had to because they couldn't afford a film camera, which is the reason why most people did it, mm-hmm. that, inno- that innovated you know the filmmaking industry well yeah i mean like i'd say probably arguably the biggest change to filmmaking was when canon dropped the 5d mark ii back in 2008 2007 Mm -hmm. somewhere in that time frame it was the first like dslr that could record hd video directly to like a card and you could use your uh canon lenses because before then it was all just like hd like handy cam essentially where you yeah. had like the dv codec and all this stuff and if you wanted the to tapes. use different lenses you had to use like these crazy like lens adapters that aim, but you'd lose like field of view mm-hmm. you would lose like clarity you'd it'd always be a little blurry and yeah you're recording to these tapes uh it was always kind of like this like uh, it works i'm gonna make 28 days later it's great sure <laughs> yeah um, yeah, but like suddenly, leaning into it, though, you know? Yeah, Not trying but then, to make it cinematic, but leaning into the technology. But that was when everyone started making DSLRs, and everyone started using DSLRs to produce videos, because suddenly you can create amazing quality, like, videos. Because all it takes is just, like, a camera with a decent f-stop to make your background blurry, and suddenly it looked like the most professional video anyone had ever made. And it was so little effort. These days, and for the last 10 years or so, that was kind of like, we get it. We're over that. Yeah. It's, it's about everything else now. But that was kind of like the turning point in my eyes when it comes to like digital 
uh, video because so many more people started embracing it and so many more people were able to iterate on those old filmmaker techniques because there's a huge barrier to entry before that. And now there's right. not a barrier to entry. And these well, days, even less so because everyone has the best camera to ever exist from 10 years ago just in their pocket. It's, it's, it's insane to think about the way that film production used to be <laughs> when you have such access to the cameras now which just are just in your pocket because even back in the day with film cameras they used to before they had video review your 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 actual cinematographer would be sitting there whether it was an, a manual roll or an actual you know motor roll and he'd roll on it and he'd see the frame motorola motorola is that where that comes from i have no idea probably not okay Sorry, um, continue. <laughs> so anyway, he he'd he'd roll on it and then he'd see it with his viewfinder and then he'd go, "Yep, we got it." Or, "Nope, we didn't." And he'd be like, "That shot just cost $30,000. Can we see it?" "No, you can't. You have to take the film out in a very specific way and have it developed and then you can see it." And yes, well, that's where the phrase as, uh get another one for safety comes from. Yeah. You know, it's like I think I got it, but my confidence level isn't very high. So let's just roll another one just in case. We still yeah. do that today, but today we can obviously review it and be like, actually, no, we got it. It's fine. Right. Even the term rolling, <laughs> a bunch of other set terms, like you don't yeah. actually do. It's interesting because I feel like uh, the look of film is so ingrained into our minds, you know, because that's what everything was shot on mm-hmm. up until, you know, I don't know, 15 years ago. I don't know, 20 years ago. Do you think Not that's really the sure. same for, for like? Do you think that'll be the same for young kids, or do you think that'll they'll have their mm-hmm. own version of that? You know, because like digital, even digital images have had a look over time. But it's like there's like oh, this is interesting because there's a digital look which to me is is bad in, compared to film, which is the best. You know, but. There's uh, digital also tries to replicate film with its color correction, you know, and it's like grain and, you know, a lot of the different um, characteristics that you get from film. And film has like a nice like roll off of the highlights. Like it, the way it handles dynamic range is different, like fundamentally different than how a digital sensor processes highlights. Right. And so a lot of cameras have been trying to emulate that sort of like roll off of highlights that film has. And it's oh everything yeah it's always just been trying to emulate that look because that's what everyone has always associated with the film look. Mm-hmm. And like the digital cameras are certainly cheaper and more widely accessible. Um, and they're, you know, I feel like for a certain time and maybe still now, like a lot of people are trying to get still get to that film look. Um, but well, like, now there's a, a digital look, you know, that. Uh, I know, like, what is it? David Fincher shoots all of his stuff on, like, red, and mm-hmm. it's all digital. His well, stuff looks so it good. It looks great. It's not like it's not like it oh, looks absolutely. bad. It looks phenomenal. <clears throat> but like, even the thing, even the thing we shot the other day, the Halloween video with Black Rifle, mm-hmm. like we shot that on Black Magic, the six K, yeah, the six K and six K or four K. We had both out. Oh, it was both. Um, I, th- I, I honestly, Sam was shooting. So I yeah, didn't. We had we had both. Uh, one yeah, was, on, one a was gimbal, on the gimbal. One was on a handheld. Okay. I think the gimbal was the six K. Yeah, it it was. Yeah, and 
you know, the thing that obviously the black magics look real nice, you know, they, they, they've done a good job sort of giving that initial emulation of film. But the thing that I think take, took that piece and made it look even nicer was the lighting. Mm. Yeah, it's, the lighting is supposed to like, it, it really comes down to your lighting, really. At it the end does, of the day, because it, if you look at old films where the lighting's not that good, it doesn't look that nice, you know? Like, even in the 60s and 70s when they didn't have, like, some, sometimes they didn't have it, you know? And they were kind of, maybe they're trying to do it on the cheap and stuff. Well, there's a reason, at- yeah, there's a reason why, like, the lighting department has always been a huge part of filmmaking. Right. Oh, man, yeah. I mean, with, I mean, I got, so, okay, I got theories on this. So, basically, the shooting something on film where you have that grain there's kind of like a, a a veil of there's a, there's a veil there's just a veil between you and the footage and it makes it feel more magical um more like a dream more like it's in your head when you're watching something and when you take that veil away it's just like real life crispy clean and that veil and that like imagination kind of disappears a little bit maybe subconsciously Hmm. at least that's the that's my theory i I see i think that comes from lighting because if you look at if you like look at our lighting right now right this is uh, this is obviously we have like horrible digital lighting right now but like even if we were sitting in the same room together you you wouldn't be you wouldn't have the same lighting that you usually have in a regular piece with nice lighting you know it's because think about it in your in your consciousness in your in your every day when you walk into a room and the sunlight is hitting a room in a certain way like maybe it's like sunset or it's like evening you know and the sun hasn't quite gone down or it's morning and the sun is like off and it's softer and it's com- maybe coming through a window in a certain way and creating like actual frame lines that are guiding your eye the first thing that you notice is the lighting in the room yeah but in a nice in a piece that has nice cinematography with good lighting that's every shot and yeah, so imme- immediately i think there's also a subconscious where you see something that has nice lighting and you don't know why it looks good because you expect it because it's within four corners on a frame that you're watching you expect it to look good but you don't necessarily know why and that, i think that's a huge reason why because oh, it's not like you walk around in your everyday life and everyone has perfect rim lights and fills, you know, just well, when you're like in conversation with people. That's that's just movies like every literally yeah. everything in a movie is over dramatized in order to look its best, like hair, makeup, lighting, the camera, um, the story, the characters, right. like everything that every little piece that goes into making a movie is maxed out. And it feels like a movie. It's not real life. It's a movie, you know? And, like, this was, like, this was the hardest concept for me to grasp. Because I'm like, no, you want it to be like real life. Like, real life is, like, super realistic, and you want it to be like that. And it has to be like that. It's like, well, no. I mean, re- real life isn't this traumatic for, for most people. <laughs> well, well, why you don't make videos about real life every day because it's not as interesting. You know, everyone can relate to it. What you want to see is something that's different or like a new story or like a challenge you know or a success or a failure that someone goes through rather than just like 
oh yeah, this is my commute to work. You What's know, the you story? Just, you yeah. just hold on somebody for 20 minutes where like they, they have like perfect lighting on their commute to work. Like that. Well, good lighting transcends the camera that you use. You know, it's like right. totally you can get iPhone. really, really good looking video footage just on like a GoPro if you have great, great lighting. Yeah. Whereas you can shoot that same exact scene on like a red camera and just remove all your lights and it looks awful. Right. Yeah. It's like when you, you know, pull out your iPhone and you're like, oh man, this shot looks good. This looks mm-hmm. really good. And it's cause, probably because of the lighting. Yeah, so I, yeah. I, this is what I wanted to say about film and digital. Like there are old films that do not look good because they have bad lighting. Now, that, so it doesn't, there's not a necessarily a one-to-one. Like, if you just put it on film, it's going to look better. But if you look at films in the 80s and 90s where you're sort of at the epitome of the, the art of actual filmmaking, not like mm-hmm. digital storytelling, but like shooting stories on film, mm-hmm. and the, the movie industry also, like economically, was I mean, yeah. The, the, the 90s was peak technology yeah. film processing. It, it, well, exactly. It was peak technology for, for, for what all the tools that they were using at the time, like before digital came along. And, and it's late 80s, early 90s. Terminator like 2? Yes. You get these freaking beautiful, beautiful films. Like, because they had the money, they could justify the expense, and they knew exactly what to do with the technology. Now, I will say... A well-shot piece in digital has its own look, for sure. But I think in terms of, like, aesthetic beauty, like, they they both hold up with today's digital cameras. Now, it's a different look, so it's it comes down to personal preference. Honestly? If you like, if you like the film look better, then you're obviously going to feel like the films of that era are going to look prettier because that's an aesthetic thing. But in terms of like fundamentals, you know, framing, like the fall off, the lighting, the scope, the shape of the scene, like I I feel, I still feel like we're getting that. Yeah. I I, mean, well, you talk about like Blade or go ahead, go ahead, Ren. No, I, I Blade Runner. Yeah. Great example. I honestly think we're at a point now where there isn't really a difference between classic film look and digital look like i feel like digital has gotten so good these days that it just comes down to the aesthetic preference of whoever's uh directing or color grading i think you know who's mastering blade runner is that was shot on gorgeous i think uh it's ari alexa mini was it okay uh ari alexa xt series almost no one shoots on film anymore it's like 10 years ago, I was like, wow, this person shot on digital? All right. Social Maybe network. Like cool. Nolan and... Uh, there there and, are a uh, few holdouts. Nolan's probably the most famous, like, film holdout. What's it, No, what's his name? <clears throat> God dang, Kill Bill. Oh, uh, Tarantino. Yeah, he's... he he. Every film is, is on film for him. Um, But yeah, I don't know. I feel like you'll get, like, these random ones that are like, oh, I shot on film. That's awesome. It's nice to see that, like, that callback. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, at this point, it's like you have Roger Deakins who shot Blade Runner, and it's all in the Alexa, which people love the Alexa because it has it the high like dynamic film. range. Yeah, because yeah. of the dynamic range is maxed right. out. Right. Um, and then you put it in the hands of a master like Roger Deakins, and it's like, dude, it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. But you're right. There, there is an aesthetic difference there. I think, like generally, that still exists, and 
you know, there is that idea that people are trying to emulate the film look, and that's perhaps why Blade Runner, the new one, like did so well in all of those categories, and it was so acclaimed for all those things because it it maintained that look. Um, but well, yeah. Well, uh, Jake, you mentioned earlier, like you're you're like, all right, what is that going to be for the next generation of like, what are they going to try to continue to emulate from what we're doing now? And right. it's like, I, I have no idea what that could possibly be. But, <clears throat> you know, like frame rate, for instance, 24 yeah. frames per second was became a thing because that was the slowest frame rate that filmmakers 100 years ago could achieve without it. The yeah. video being like actually like stuttery janky. and flickery. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> and because that like, saves you the most amount of frames it gives you the most amount of actual footage to run yeah because it's going as slow as possible without looking janky because if it is to go faster <laughs> then you're just wasting you're just wasting frames yeah. frames but like that has become a thing now today we can easily upload a video at 180 frames per second for anyone to just consume at that frame rate yeah. which no one does because there's not really good mediums for that. Long story. Um, yeah. My point is that um, we still hold to that 24 frames per second look because there's all of this psychology behind it now. You know, it's like that stuttery that like it's not stuttery, but it definitely is not remotely as smooth as, say, 30 frames per second, which gives yeah. it like a little bit more of a a little bit more uh, like Sports a realistic look. look. It Sports. gives it that soap opera look. Right. Yeah. It's the home um, video. The reality. Like yeah. The home video. Yeah, the home yeah. And maybe so maybe that's part of it where it's like, all right, we can do 30 FPS. We can do that now. So we're doing it. And now everyone associates that look with what TV shows were doing. And distinctly in their heads, like that is not what movies are doing. Movies look like this. So there's still like a definite difference between that. I love yeah. 60 frames per second video. It's very smooth. It's very temporally high resolution, but it is not the movie look. You know, right. there's a time and place for high frame rate uploads. But if you put some awesome footage like aerial photography or what have you on a large TV, it's 60 frames a second in 4K without a bad compression ratio, but mm -hmm. like a nice compression, like that looks like you're there. It's like, you know. Well, that was why I wanted to do Mario Skate. You know, like back in the day when we did that video, that was the 60 frames per second video. And the reason yeah. why I wanted it to, I paired the, the idea with that frame rate is because this is like a race, you know, going through town. So there's a lot of moving stuff. Uh, the ground is moving. The wall, the background, the walls are moving. Everything's moving uh, at a really high speed, and that you just you see that better at a higher frame rate. And that was why I specifically wanted to shoot that video at a high frame rate. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, no, I remember that. But like, just like a drama, it like I feel like there's a bit of a, a barrier between what uh, your what, what's it called the suspension of disbelief. Yeah. If it becomes yeah. more real, suddenly right. you're like, wow, this is real. Instead and you kind of kinda like dislocate from yeah. the drama. <laughs> yeah. Instead of watching two people have an argument and internalizing what their argument is and like how you feel about it based upon what you previously saw, you're sitting there at the table with them and you're like, oh, this is kind of awkward. Should I not yeah. be here right now? But I don't think that that's because <laughs> of the frame rate being slower or faster it's just because of what we've been ingrained to uh consume you know like our experiences yeah. are defined by these things and now that it's right. different it, we're reacting if we if they settled on 60 frames per second for movies 100 years ago we'd be looking at 24 fps and be like wow i'm just getting a headache from how stuttery this is uh, yeah no, this totally. isn't a movie 
Totally. I want that traditional yeah. filmmaking look. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I wonder because like our eyes, it's all based off our eyes. Like our eyes are the like the truth, the ground truth, right? So like yeah. that's what it's, it's all based off of is yeah. what how we see. I don't that's know true. the frame rate of what we see. It's, but it's variable. Higher. It's complicated. It's it 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 honestly changes between like 80 frames per second and like 300 frames per second. It's Wait, variable what? multiple times a second depending adrenaline, right? Probably yeah. kicks how in. How does that how does that Sorry, you're gonna have to explain a little biology there. Like, how do you I'll do equate, my best? How do you equate frame rate to human? So it's perception? you can't think of human perception in frame rate. That was a false uh, okay uh, metaphor, for lack of a better way way to say it. Because it's like right? yeah, there's a conversion process. We're not seeing our brain is basically capturing images as a stream of things happening and. If you have a, a shot of adrenaline or something happen or need to focus, your yeah. brain can can process more images faster. And so right. you're you're Reaction not seeing time. in a higher frame rate. You're just you're I mean, no, that's exactly what you're doing. You're basically. It's not you're not seeing things in slow motion. You're just able to process more frames in the same amount of time. So you're, you're getting more information, more information to your brain. Yeah. Um, so it feels but like, like, yeah, time is moving slower because you're getting your 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 brain is processing so much in uh what seems like right. a smaller amount of time and the yeah. only thing we have to equate it to is frame rate so that's why we say that yeah and it's like right. it, and and again i am not remotely enough of an expert to talk about this confidently but that's kind of how it works is that or uh, there isn't like an exact refresh rate and i probably don't even have the numbers right but i do know there it is variable and it, it's a pretty large variability yeah no that makes sense i mean you know we've all been in moments of like turmoil or danger and you pro you you process that way faster mm -hmm. than you do than you do normally i remember one time um ren you know that giant bridge in pasadena right by the freeway mm -hmm. the one goes mm -hmm. over okay so mm -hmm. i remember i was with i forget who i was who i was with but i was hopping a chain link fence and it may have been you ren i may have been with you but i was hopping a chain link fence and i climbed the top of it and i like had my backpack on and there's like cars on the freeway going down on the left and I'm hopping this chain link fence to go hop into like a grassy field um, to eventually get on the sidewalk and I hop it and I'm like, oh God, don't clip my legs. I managed to get over the fence and as I was hurtling over the fence, I look up and I see a branch, like a jagged witchy branch, <laughs> like coming like right branch. At, yeah, right at yeah. my eye and it like within the split second. I remember seeing that branch, having it fly towards me. My vision went like black because I basically just freaking like karate chopped it. I went whoosh, and I landed it. And I was like, oh, my God. And I thought about it. I was like, that happened so fast. Yeah. But I remember seeing it like there was these different frames of information. And I remember like seeing it, seeing it closer, chopping it. And then yeah. like seeing the ground going like and then, oh. That was intense. Yeah, because yeah. our brains can 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 change the, the the timing of a memory. So when you think back on it, you have more information from that one second of time that you can slow down as a memory. Yeah. But when you're actually consuming that reality as it's becoming a memory, it's happening in real time as fast as you just sitting on a couch watching a movie. <clears throat> well, that's yeah. the whole thing of why, you know, humans are, I mean remarkable but obviously like you think about the way that you just even normalize time itself 
that's all like the, the way that's like, oh, that seemed faster than that seemed so fast or that happened so slow. That's all that's all based upon this, the, the intaking of information based upon like a normalized chemical state in your brain that most of us, you know, that's relatively the same across most of us. Because I don't know if you've ever done mushrooms or acid, but those things completely ch- marijuana does this too. If you take too much of it, like it completely changes your perception of how fast or slow time is happening. Mm, interesting. It, and that's that's not because like time is happening slower or faster. It's happening at the same rate it's always happening at. But what you're processing is happening differently than what you're used to. Yeah. And so it feels okay. like it's, so there's, there's moments, you know, where, he, where you'll be like, far out, dude. Yeah, exactly. There's moments <laughs> where you'll be like, Oh my God, I, I just had the craziest thought and it. And it'll feel like you were gone, you know, for like a long amount of time. And then you come back and it's like a minute later, or you're still like doing the same thing that you were doing before. Or like, you know, not yeah, that you need maybe... mind-altering drugs in order for that to happen. That's just an example, you know. I got you. maybe it's because like you're trying to you're 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 so focused. Like it's like when um when I rode motorcycles, um right. for like a, a two-year period, which was just the best. I miss it so much. But when I was riding motorcycles, you could only focus on riding the motorcycle and nothing else. Else, you would die. Um, right. so. I think that's why people say it's like meditation is because really it is because meditation at the end of the day is just focusing on one task for a long amount of, for an extended amount of time. So you're focusing on the motorcycle and riding and you know, when you come out of it, it's like when I, when I come out of a VFX shot and I'm like, Whoa, I was in that for like the last two hours. Yeah. Yeah. Like, man, I felt like no time passed at all, but really all this time passed or it's the other way around. It's like really interesting. The when same thing focused. happens in an edit. Yeah. When you know, it's in like, the zone, when you get in the zone. Yeah. When you're in the zone on an edit and you're just kind of like, you know, you're moving through it and you're picking shots and you're like putting scenes together. You're putting reactions together. It's like hours can go by. And oh yeah. You'll look I mean, up and you'll be like, Oh, that was, I've been doing this for two hours. <laughs> you know? Yeah. When I, um, when I do these like VFX streams on the weekend, I'll go for, I think my longest one was like five hours and 45 minutes. Whoa. And I was just sitting at this computer, like working on some like CG model or do you something. Play, do you play like tra- uh, trance house music while you do this? Like, is that your background? five hours would be too much? I mean, honestly, five hours is too much of anything. Um, with well, music apparently wise. not. Apparently not. Apparently it's enough for you to do VFX tutorials. That's a good point. Oh, I mean, I mean like music wise, um, after five hours, I will be like, whatever I'm listening to, it's too much. Yeah. <laughs> but it's got to stop. <laughs> yeah. And then I'm freaking talking the whole time and it's like throat starts hurting. Yeah. Anyway, that's yeah. a side tangent. But OK, so I want to get back to one more thing. And Clint, sure. y- you, you don't have to ha- talk about this if you don't want to. <gasps> oh. But yeah, uh, there, there's there's two things. A, there's something that happened in your life recently. You can talk about that if you want. Mm hmm. Uh, and then, uh, B, uh, I think that kind of leads into what you were talking about at the beginning when we started this episode, which was like, you know, you're doing this 5am thing, you're focusing on self-improvement, 
And then one of the things he also said was like, you're, you're reading Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Now, there's another thing that you're just, you're just going through right now, you know, related to a square-shaped thing that, you know... This is a Squarespace well, segue. Let, let, no, 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 it's, it's not, not. Squarespace. Just let Clint just say it. Say it. Clint. Yeah, I'm just trying to talk. If you want to talk about it, we can talk about it. But there's two really cool things that I'd love to just explore for a little bit. So, okay. Um, well, it's not quite official, um, okay. but uh, <laughs> you're talking about the box. Yeah, the box. Oh. Okay. Okay. <laughs> no, no, no I did get engaged. I, I did. We okay, did get engaged. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, congrats, <laughs> Clint. You got engaged. You're going to be married. Dude. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's Way exciting. To do that it's not quite yeah. official. Okay, yeah. So, sorry. I apologize. I was speaking in context there for just in case Clint didn't want to talk about this. But uh, there's... So, Ren, you thought we were talking about him getting engaged, getting engaged and then him saying it's not quite official. official. No, I, I was being a little uh, facetious there. I know both of the things you're talking about. Okay. Yeah. And then, yeah. by the way, before we move on, like my friend in college did the exact same thing that you just did. He's like, oh, yeah, I, yeah, we got engaged. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. I don't know. It's like I, we've been living together for the last <laughs> year, you know, so it feels like we're basically married, you know? Yeah. And I, was, I, I, I was, honestly... The number one question I would always get after I got married was like, so, do you feel any different? And it's like, no! I feel the exact same! <laughs> it's the exact same! We're still living together. We're still doing our stupid things that we do every day. Nothing's different when you get married if you've already been living together. That's kind of what you want, though. I, I mean, I yeah, I'm not complaining. I'm I think you saying. should live... I mean, there's different opinions out there about this, but I think you should live with somebody before you get married to them because that you, you got to kind of, you know... Yeah. You need to know that. Yeah, it's so an it, interesting one, definitely. Because like I was raised the other, the opposite way. Like yeah. you know, you got to get married right before you do anything, and then you right? join houses, right? Yeah, and then you live mm-hmm. together. Exactly. But yeah. Um, so and then the next thing that happened is you're you're in the process of uh, buying uh, a house or in the process of you know searching for a home. I don't know where you're at in that process. A house? But. I thought you were talking about boxes. <laughs> so yeah it's exciting <laughs> there's these two sort of monumental things in a man's life that you're kind of going through right now like you know marriage in a house like is that is that does that factor into like this whole 5 a.m phase or um i it's not the reason why i'm doing the 5 a.m thing um yeah and hopefully it's not a phase hopefully it'll be a lifelong thing but I'm always just trying to get better. Like that's that's my thing is I'm always trying to just like learn as much as I can and get better at what I do. Um, because I, I truly think that as like we go further into the future and technology gets crazier and crazier and gets cooler and cooler, we're we're going to lose um, our patience. Like just we don't we won't have patience for anything and our discipline. And I think those things will go away pretty quick. Finish your point already. God. I don't have patience for this. <laughs> Lingerer. <laughs> um, yeah, there's like forced patience, you know? Like sometimes you have to become patient because you don't have a choice. Yeah, like I got a... Um, discipline, but there's, then there's also self-imposed discipline and self-imposed patience, which I think is, you know, more constructive ultimately. 
Yeah, I'm basically just like, I mean, the cool thing for me is like waking up at 5.45 every morning is I never, like ever, will ever again be like, oh, I have to wake up so early for a shoot. It's just <laughs> normal. Like, it's just, this is the time I wake up and an early call time is not a big deal. So it's preparing me for, you know, if, if I can make my life just a little bit hard on purpose. Yeah. Then... I think I'll grow from that and I'll be like preparing myself for any difficult task that comes in the future. Honestly, so. I think the harder thing than waking up at that time is having the discipline to go to bed early enough. Oh, dude. Yes. That, that <sighs> freaking that dude. Um, that's why when, when we were in Texas for that travel production, I don't have like, it'd be so lame if I was like, you know what guys, I'm not going to play Smash Bros. with you. I'm not going to chill in the jacuzzi and I'm going to bed right after dinner. <laughs> like, that would just be the worst, man. Um, I can't. I can't do that. Yeah. Um, but it's a, a little jacuzzi? easier. Yeah, it yeah. was small. Yeah. It was kind of janky, but. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I that's that's been my biggest thing is that like, that's the thing that I try to work on most is that just try to go to bed earlier. It's so hard for me. Personally, like I, I yeah. can easily stay up all night tonight if I wanted. Yeah. Oh, I want to yeah, see the same. sunrise. I can easily stay up to see it. No big deal. Barely even have to try. So I, I'm constantly finding myself like, oh, I should probably try to get some sleep now. It's three. <laughs> yeah. As long as you get those seven to nine out, hours. Man. I know, and that's the that's the thing is that is and that <clears> it's been kind of helped working from home in that regard. I can stay up later and still get plenty of sleep because I could just wake up at ten. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, I have been making a bigger effort to try to be like basically winding down ready to sleep by midnight. And that has been leading to me waking up earlier throughout the week. And I find myself enjoying my days better. It's just so hard to have the discipline to go to sleep early. Dude, I I mean, I remember those mornings that we'd have Ren where we'd one wheel into the office. Mm -hmm. So I I mean, I still do it. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Um so those mornings for me, I'd, I'd get up and I'd go to a hot yoga class and then I would one wheel with you to work. And mm-hmm. those that, like that, those mornings were the best mornings ever. And I'm like, why don't I do this more often? Like, I feel so much better when I do it this way than when I just like roll out of bed and I'm like, oh God, I gotta, I gotta get to work, you know? And I'm just like, uh-huh. stressed. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, I never want to wake up stressed. Like waking up stressed is probably like one of the worst things ever. So doing the early morning thing has helped so much. I just take the morning slow, um, do it, do it my way and, and have like three and a half hours before I have to start work. It's yeah. great. It's a lot of time. Yeah. No, that's awesome. That's, that's actually, since I've moved out here, you know, it's nine o'clock where I'm at. Oh yeah. God, that that's right. And so like, it's, <laughs> it's been nice in that sense. Like I, I, I I can, I have a little bit more time for myself to focus on some things and like, you know, get, get whatever it might be, my kids or my personal, whatever, you know, to get that sort of situated, get my workout in whatever, before I have to be like mentally transitioning over to focus on all the other things that we're working on day in, day out. Cause you're on our schedule. Yeah. Because I'm on Pacific, my work is on Pacific time, you know, my, my, like my like actual creative work focus is on pacific time but then my my life is on central time dude that reminds me about when i was uh on night shift like intentionally 
because mm-hmm. Jenna was on night shift. We were living together. This was during that like weird sabbatical where I wasn't working for Corridor because I was working on my Harry Potter film and then I was working on a couple other things. Yeah. Uh, between when I finished doing behind the scenes and when I started working on uh, Corridor Digital main channel stuff, I had like the sabbatical and Jenna was working night shift. So she would, you know, go to bed, wake up, you know, in the evening, go to work, come home, um, and then go to bed, you know, in the morning. Uh, sleep through the day so i was like i will get to see her more frequently if i'm on her schedule so i was i was basically like sleeping through the day working all night and uh then having a beer at like seven or eight in the morning like ah, good day <laughs> <laughs> damn ren uh that's it's not such a, that's a it, ren it was that, yeah. not good because after a while i realized this is awful because i was having zero interaction with any other people because nothing's open at three in the morning right there are no restaurants that you can just go to yeah. Uh, when I was living alone here in LA, I would go to eat at restaurants just because that was one way to have human interaction. Because I was living alone, Jenna yeah. hadn't moved here yet. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I guess what I'm saying is, operating on someone else's uh, time zone is is an interesting thing. Granted, I literally just that's an extreme had, like, the example. Most extreme. Yeah, yeah. It's like that's way more extreme than just two hours later. But yeah. that's the movie version. Yeah. I don't know why. It just reminds me. Of it. I'm not saying it's the same thing. <laughs> That's the movie version. <laughs> cool guys. Well, um, Clint, congratulations, man! Once again, I mean, thank you so much. Yeah, it's awesome. Long time coming. Uh, I can't wait for you to open up a guest room so I can come and invade your space and uh, wait for you to tell me kindly that I should that I've overstayed my welcome. Oh um, man, it's gonna be great. It's a rough uh, conversation. <laughs> <laughs> Just thinking about that is already giving me anxiety. I'm like. Mm. <laughs> hey man, what do you want to do today? <laughs> I gotta work. Uh, no, that's awesome, dude. Um, so congrats on that, and uh, yeah, um, more uh, more journeys, more discoveries, uh, both personally and uh, within the creative craft. So always good to hear. Um, always good to hear from you here, man. Absolutely, yeah. It's fun doing these chats with you guys. At the end of the day, it's a nice little like end of the day. Kind of cool down. Whoa. (laughs) Now we're just doing sound effects. Okay. Should I play an outro again? Let's hear it. All right. What did we say at the beginning of this podcast? That Clinton was here. Ren was here. Clinton was here. Ren was here. Clinton was here. Ren was here. And Jake was too. Clinton was here. He had a beard. Ren was here. He had a beard. Jake was here. He had a beard. And Christian was here too, but he only said one or two things. I think he literally said a total of nine words. Oh, you counted. Later, y'all. <laughs> oh, oh 12 11. words. Oh, 11. <laughs> All right. See you guys later. Cool. Peace, guys. Thanks for watching. <laughs>